So uh, good evening, everybody, and thanks for uh, being here with uh, with Father Claydar and Father Jack and Deacon Mike and myself to begin our solemn celebration of the Holy Triduum with this Mass of the Lord's Supper. Uh, it's it's doubly uh, wonderful to be with you tonight, simply because last year, do you remember, uh, we we couldn't do this last year together. Uh, so began a very uh, strange and unusual time for all of us, huh? And you know, looking back, uh, it wasn't just that we uh, were going through so many difficult experiences, all the uncertainty and all the, all the loss that we experienced, uh, the, 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 the anxiety, the worry, all the financial hardships, the isolation, the seclusion, uh, the loneliness. Huh? We've all been through it these, these last months. And the worries about you know, jobs and health and you know, the effect that this might have on, on marriages and on children, on school, on our education. But, but the worst part was, was that we were not able to come together like we are tonight, uh, to pray and to pray together. And the worst part of that was that it wasn't just uh, not being able to pray together, we weren't able to receive Jesus. And I don't know how many uh, drive-bys we could have done, uh, but it certainly wasn't the same as being able to come into church and, and receive Jesus, because that's everything. He really is the answer. Uh, to what this whole last year has presented to us. And, and I, I, I think of all the things that you've gone through, we as priests have gone through uh, this last year, and it, it, it kind of resonates as we, as we read this gospel. Because here's, here's Jesus, and they're having a nice little Passover, and and Jesus does this incredibly shocking thing. And it might just, we might miss it uh, because we're unfamiliar with their customs. But, you know, the washing of feet was, was done by the slave of the household. As the guest would arrive, the, the slave would pour water on the feet of the guest and then dry it with the towel wrapped around his waist. So Jesus takes up the towel, takes off his clothes, and dressed in the garment of a slave, kneels down and washes feet. Now, this is what I want us to, to think about for a minute. You think about Peter who is coming into his own. You know, he's, he's got the top spot. You are Peter, you are rock, you know? He's got it made. And he's looking forward perhaps to, you know, working with Jesus and, and helping organize and start this church. And, and then Jesus does this. Peter's outraged. He's shocked. He's in... At a different level, he's worried. Maybe some anxiety. 
Maybe he's troubled. Maybe he's afraid. Where is this going? Just like us, this last year. Where is this going? We got our carefully organized life and we think we're going along and all of a sudden something happens and we don't know what to do with it. Peter's got this organized and he's got this thought out and all of a sudden something happens and it throws him. He doesn't know what to do with it. We kind of have the same response. And he goes, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. What he's saying should concern all of us because no servant is greater than his master as Jesus has reminded us. So if the master becomes a slave, what does that mean for us who are his students, who are his disciples, who are his followers? If he does this, what are we going to do? So, no wonder why Peter responds the way he does. It's not out of, oh Lord, I can't have you wash my feet. It's, oh Lord, I don't want to wash your feet. I don't want to wash anybody's feet. And then Jesus says, hey, take it or leave it. If you don't do this, you'll have no part of me. And this is the great moment. Because Peter loves Jesus more than he loves himself. He loves Jesus more than he loves his position. He loves Jesus more than he loves his comfort. He loves Jesus more than he likes his stable, controlled, particular, and predictable life. And if he says, I can't have him, then I will throw myself all in. I don't know where it's going. I don't understand it. I don't know what's going to happen. I know it's not going to take all these problems away and all this anxiety and fear and worries and the things that I face and we face. Lord, not just my hands, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. My whole life, everything. Go for it. Wash me. This is, this then is the response that we're being called to tonight. In the face of all the things that go on, all the things that have scared us and worry us and create anxiety and fear and uncertainty in the world and in our lives and our homes and our families with our kids and in our marriages. All these things. The Lord is saying, get down on your knees and wash someone's feet. To surrender all those things, all that worry, all that anxiety. And say, Lord, it's yours. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's yours. And in that moment, to experience that exuberance, that joy that Peter elicits from saying, Jesus, okay, everything, everything. See, we can't control what Jesus is doing. We can't predict it. We can't play it safe. It's all or nothing, all in. And when that surrender comes and we, and we finally get it, there's the joy of faith. There's the joy of faith. There's a, I, I don't know, has anybody here seen like the Lord of the Rings trilogy? And, all right, anybody seen that? 
And uh, have you, there, have you any, like, here's a better question. How many of you have read the books? All right, that's, that, the books are, as good as the movies are, the books are amazing. So, uh, Sam uh, and Frodo are the last remnants of the Fellowship of the Ring. And the ring is the sign of Satan's hold on the world, evil's power over the world, and they have to destroy it. The whole trilogy is about trying to get to, to Mount Doom and Mordor to throw the ring of power in, into, the, into Mount Doom and to have it consumed and destroyed, right? to save the world from evil. And, and then towards the end, and, and Frodo and Sam are exhausted. And they've, they've, they've broken into, into Mordor, and they're on the, 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 the slopes of Mount Doom, and they're, they're spent. They're done. They don't have anything left. They've had it. It's too much. And Sam is, is laying there in his exhaustion, and Frodo next to him. And then this is what Tolkien writes. He goes, there, peeping among the cloud rack, above a dark tor high up in the mountains, Sam saw a white star shine brightly for a moment. And the beauty of it smote his heart as he looked up out of this forsaken land and hope returned to him for like a shaft, clear and cold, the thought pierced him that in the end, the shadow was only a small and passing thing. There was light and high beauty forever beyond its reach. Brothers and sisters, this is what the Lord is giving us. This light, this star, he is our star. He's our true north, our guide, who shines brightly amidst all the uncertainties and fears and worries that we have endured and worry about as our future. And so he teaches us, let me wash you. Let me draw out from you the baptism of your youth and remind you for which you are made. Let me do that for you. Let me wash your feet. And what I do, you do for others. He goes, but I know we get tired. And I know you get worried and anxious and afraid and those fears and emotions limit our effectiveness and cause us to withdraw and to hide. I know. So, not only am I going to teach you how to be a disciple, I'm going to give you the power to do that. And so after he had washed their feet, he took the bread and he broke the bread. He blessed the bread and he broke the bread and he gave them the bread. What had been heretofore a memory of past sins of long ago exodus now become the moment when that Passover sacrifice is transformed into the Mass, which you and I are about to receive. Because he was like us in all things but sin. 
And he begged the Father to let this cup pass from him, but not my will, but yours, he said. And he teaches us how to surrender our wills into his. But he does not leave us orphans. He knows we're hungry, and he knows we're afraid, and he knows we're exhausted, he knows we're spent, he knows we tried to do our best, but he knows sometimes by our own natural lights it's not enough. We need that true light, that true star, that true north that fills our hearts with courage and joy. And so he gives us himself. He teaches us how to, how to die and to serve, but he gives us the means by which to do that with his very own life. His body is going to come into your body. His teaching is going to be in your heart. His love is there present. So that his body now is your hands and your eyes and your mouth and your feet. His teaching is your truth. And his power and his strength and his love is your nourishment. Brothers and sisters, we've had a, a heck of a year. And we don't know what's ahead of us. We have hope. We have joy. We have freedom. We have mercy. We have forgiveness. And we have love. And we know the way. We have our true north and our star. And that host I will raise up above this dark forsaken land. And we will gaze upon it. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Happy are we who are called to his supper. That smites our hearts. And it reminds us that there's good in this world. And we are part of it. And it fills us then, brothers and sisters, with that common purpose and life and love of our Lord Jesus Christ.